Amen. Well, how y'all doing this morning? If it's your first time, I'm Matt. I'm the pastor here and part-time drummer. Glad to have y'all. Glad to be back. I've been gone for a week. Thank you, Christopher. Y'all give him a hand wherever he's at. Filling in. I see him back there. Uh, it's good to be back. Hey, listen, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to, to Galatians chapter 5 is where I'll be at this morning. I'll be reading through that whole chapter this morning, so uh, just buckle up. Galatians chapter 5. I almost said Colossians chapter 5, but it's Galatians chapter 5. Maybe I'm still hungry. I don't know. Hey, but I'm glad to be back uh, here in Orange. Glad to be with you guys. I've been in Washington, D.C., uh, hanging out with some interesting people and uh, doing some interesting things. And the Lord's been speaking to me all week about freedom. And maybe because I was at the nation's capital, I got a chance to walk through several memorials that really puts in perspective what our country has gone through. Especially when you walk through the World War II and World War One and Korea and uh, the uh, Vietnamese War, Vietnam War, uh, it's really interesting seeing faces on a wall and names on a wall, and you realize that the fact that we live in this country has been on the backs of a lot of people, men and women, who have given up their lives so that we can have what we have here. And so I, if you're a veteran or have served, I salute you because it's nothing that I was called to do, but I'm thankful for the ones who have been. And I've got several in my family who have served and um, who are currently serving. But the Lord was speaking to me about freedom all week, um, walking through all these monuments and seeing the White House. And we spent a lot of time in the Capitol building, which is the purpose of me being there. But um, just walking through halls and seeing all these monuments of people or things and ideas that we want to memorialize and celebrate and kind of give uh, an elevated platform to because of what it means. And the Lord was saying uh, very clearly to me that that's, we can get distracted by things that look like freedom, but that really hold us and chain us down. I want to show that first picture, the big wide picture first. Um, I took a picture when I was standing at the Capitol. This is just from my phone. And so I, I took a picture. It was a beautiful day. And just the architecture and all this kind of stuff was there. Well, then I zoomed in because I wanted to see that statue on top of the Capitol. And so this here, I want to talk a little bit about this, just give you a background if you know what this is. Uh, this is called the Statue of Freedom. And this sits on top of the U.S. Capitol. Okay. Believe it or not, that's 19 and a half feet tall. It's huge. 15,000 pounds. Uh, it was designed and installed in 1863. Some of you may remember that year, okay? 1863. Uh, but the Statue of Freedom is a female figure that represents freedom, liberty, and democracy. She's dressed in classical robes and is holding a sheathed sword in one hand and a laurel wreath in the other. The statue stands on a pedestal that is inscribed with the Latin phrase, e pluribus unum, which means out of many, one. And I think that's significant. But this was commissioned in 1855 by the United States Congress as a symbol of the Union's victory in the Civil War. And so um, it's gone over several restoration stuff over the years. Last one in like the early 1990s. But it's definitely an iconic symbol when you go to the state capital or the U.S. Capitol to see this Statue of Freedom uh, on top of the Capitol. But that Latin inscription, which you can't really see unless you get close to it, it's underneath on, uh, her feet there. 
out of many, one. And of course, they were talking about one as in one, uh, or O-N-E, not W-O-N. But together, we're going to be one country, right? It was a symbol of unity, of freedom. But too often, we get caught up in statues or ideas, sometimes jobs. If we can get that better job, we idolize, we put this job up. If I can just have a little bit more money, I'll have freedom. Maybe you're chained down, not because of the, the amount of money you have, but how you spend what you have. Sometimes we idolize relationships. We put our husband in the God spot. We put our wife in the God spot. Children in our God spot, right, in our life. And we elevate that. And we say, well, if I could just have it here, maybe I'll have freedom. And I'll feel that freedom and experience that freedom. And the Lord was saying, we get so caught up in looking at things that don't really matter. We put our political parties up on the plat- platforms. You know, it was interesting. I was walking around with someone who probably has different political ideologies than I do. Different skin color, but we're really good friends. Really good friends. He would be uh, my mom's age. I think he's 72, 73. And we got to talking, and we found out that we have a lot in common. His wife and I, the, our families from my mom's side came from the same place, Nova Scotia to New Iberia. And we found so many similarities focused on not the statues and things of that nature, but just saying that, hey, we are one but not because of what the media tells us or what someone else tells us. We're one because we've sat down and we've talked to each other and realized, hey, we have a lot in common. And if we get distracted by things, we lose that commonality and we get division. But there's freedom that we have that we should pursue. And it's not freedom because of what happens on Capitol Hill because I made a comment I'm walking around seeing all this beautiful architecture and these beautiful buildings, all these monuments and the history that's there. And I thought, man, look how beautiful these buildings are, but it's full of filth inside. These guys and and, and ladies who are so driven by self-agendas and in the sake of freedom and making America this this incredible place, but in the meantime, we're going to divide people and we're going to... We're going to hold you captive because of the laws we make or uh, the taxes we put on you. And look, I'm not on a political uh, platform here, so don't think I'm about to start preaching politics to you. But there's a lot of things that happen that, that can weigh us down if we're not careful. And we think that's our source of freedom is what sits on Capitol Hill or on Pennsylvania Avenue. And it doesn't. And you know, for this may sound silly too. I'm going to get into scripture, I promise. Looking at the White House, it's not as majestic as I thought it would be. It's just a nice building. It's not, it's not that big. It's, it's, just, it's just a building. And I thought so many people put their hope and trust and freedom and faith and all this into the person that sits in that office. It blows my mind when you realize how it's just not as grand as you would think it would be. It's beautiful, but it's not grand. It doesn't provide the good life. The person there doesn't dictate my destiny. That's all found in Jesus. Let's get in Galatians chapter 5. All right, so Christ has truly set us free. All right, we can go home. (laughs) 
So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up into slavery to the law. Now y'all listen to that one again. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive the faith of righteousness God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? He's talking to the church here. It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who, who has called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person and whoever he is who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Tell them, Paul. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. You have been called to live in freedom. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, be aware of destroying one another. Let's stop there. We're going to keep reading. I'm going to stop in just a second. We're free because of Jesus. Not because of people on Capitol Hill or because of the job you have or the relationship you think you have that just elevate you to a new status of freedom. That you get to experience this blessed life because of the person that you've chosen to spend your life with. No. No, because there is heartache coming. There is going to be letdown that comes. That new job or that new relationship or whatever it is, a new shiny thing you're going to have. The honeymoon phase lasts for just a moment. And then reality sets in. You're like, well, what am I doing? You know? But see, when we have Jesus, there's freedom that's constant. That we walk in, in victory. We don't have to fight and strive for, for victory. We already have it through Jesus. We have this freedom. I sat there on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and I looked out into the, to the mall there. And it, was, it was beautiful. And I looked down, and it says, I have a dream, Martin Luther King Jr. And that's where he stood to give that speech. Thinking about how even back then, and some of y'all lived through that era, of oppression that happened to a certain group of people. And you realize it wasn't that long ago. And not only that, there's... A whole lot of church people that were part of the problem because they thought freedom was only good for certain people. And that freedom in Christ only talked to a certain people that followed a certain way of life and that looked a certain way, that followed a certain set of rules. And Paul saying here, no, the rules aren't what's important. What's important is that you are following Jesus. He is the law. He is the way, the truth, the life. And no one can get to, to the Father except through him. And so if you're going to say you're free, you're free because of the expression of love that comes out of your life. 
the expression of love not hatred not oppression not hey follow my rules and then you're okay then you're good Mm -mm. Mm -mm. sometimes we think we have to have certain qualifiers to have people involved in what god's doing on, on on earth and in our communities and whatnot and look there are levels where you have to give a little bit and and you, you feed people milk spiritually speaking and then they start feeding themselves and they're eating meat and they're, they're trustworthy and they're mature but listen jesus says come as you are right what happens is christians think that we have to make all these rules because we're in the results business we're not responsible for the results of people's transformation in their lives and when we start saying that hey i need to do this or i need to do that we start putting these these rules on people guess what we start enslaving people to the, the laws and the regulations and they miss out on the life of freedom with jesus all right let's keep going y'all like right. verse 16 says so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives all right we can go home you're set free because of jesus the holy spirit guides your life verse 16 says then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves before we move on, I just want to point out the obvious. If you're struggling with sin in, in whatever area, and it's just struggling and struggling and struggling, try letting the Holy Spirit take control of that area and do some transforming in your life. See how that works. If it don't work, we'll get your money back. You know, you're, you're good to go. You won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. We can't trust our nature because that sinful nature will jack you up. All right, let's keep going. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are no longer under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. You can write these down, okay, or highlight in your Bible or whatever you're going to do just so you know. The sinful nature produces sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Anybody struggle with that? Don't raise your hands. It's all right. <laughs> Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. When we get caught up in what our flesh wants... We forfeit our ability to live under the, 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 the rule and reign of Jesus in the kingdom of God. We sacrifice the blessed life for a momentary pleasure. And we wonder why we don't feel free. Because we're not. We're not. And the more we stay in that life, the further away we push ourselves from the kingdom of God. And until one day we're in front of him saying, but I said, Lord, Lord. He's like, I don't know who you are. But I was at church. Yeah, but I saw what you did Saturday night. You're dragging in Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. I need some coffee. Voice of experience. Been there, done that. And I tell you what. It's such a terrible feeling to know when you, when, when you get to a place of spiritually sobering up how far you have pushed yourself away from God for something so silly and so stupid for people that don't really care about you. 
for things that aren't going to bring you lifetime pleasure. If anything, it's just pain and chains, and you got to drag all that stuff and let the Lord say, let me break it off of you and pursue me, right? So that's what it says on the other side. But the Holy Spirit, not our flesh, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There is no limitation to how much you can love somebody or how much self-control you should have in your life. It's easy to point out, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't drink because you might get drunk. Well, you shouldn't eat a whole sleeve of Oreos either because you might get fat. <laughs> From the voice of experience. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Appreciate it. But let me tell you, I'm... Let me tell you a serious note is that we want to point out certain things that look easy to point out. But listen, we have been called to have self-control and gentleness, faithfulness. How can you have kindness and goodness if you feel miserable because you're mistreating your body with whatever you put inside there? There is no law about how much joy you should have. You shouldn't be miserable and say you're a Christ follower. I know it's a whole other sermon for a different day. But you should not be miserable and say you love Jesus and follow Jesus. Because if you are, then that means you have taken your eyes off Jesus. Now you're focused on the winds and the waves. And you're going to sink. You're going to sink. But the Lord, when we have Jesus and our eyes are focused on him, we get a joy. We get a peace. We get this thing that Jonathan said this morning to us. It comes in like a lion, not like a little timid lamb. But peace comes in like a lion and pushes out anxiety and, and fear and all these different things. So it's replaced with the peace of, uh, of the Lord and, and the joy of the Lord. So you can say, hey, I can laugh in this circumstance, not because I think it's foolish, but because I've got Jesus. And this situation will not destroy me because God's kingdom is not in trouble. And if I stay in God's kingdom, then I'm not in trouble. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed passion, the passions uh, and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and are crucified and have crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. We're going to stop there. In my Bible, there's, there's section titles here. Chapter 5 starts by saying freedom in Christ. And then the second half of it says living by the Spirit's power. It's hard to live by the Spirit's power if we don't understand we have freedom in Christ. They go hand in hand. When we choose to follow Jesus and we pursue him with everything we have, we, we have this, this thing that kind of goes away where no longer are we held down by yesterday's mistakes or, or whatever it is. that Now we can walk with confidence and saying, I've got the Lord in me, around me, pushing me, pulling me, coaching me, correcting me. But it's to lead me to a place where I can be an expression of his love right here, right now. If you're having outbursts of anger, you're following your sinful nature. I know this is going to be hard for y'all. So I'm going to go back over this list because I want y'all to really understand this. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're having trouble with pornography... You're following your sinful nature. Jesus wants to give you freedom there. If you're doing witchcraft and you're in the building, Jesus loves you, but stop it. Okay? There's freedom there. If you find yourself always getting in fights 
with your spouse, with your coworkers, with your kids. You're following your sinful nature. If you're feeling selfishness towards other people and you're saying, hey, why, why can't I have that? Why can't I get my break? You're not following the Spirit. If you find yourself in a seat right here, but you've had conversations that cause division among this body, you are not following the Spirit of the Lord. If you're getting somebody else to talk about other people in this body, you're not following the Spirit. I don't care how righteous you feel in the moment. You're wrong. You're wrong. Quarreling and jealousy and all these different things, division, drunkenness. A lot of these things go away because, again, the one thing that is a struggle for me with the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Because I believe if I master self-control, none of that other stuff even matters. Self-control is hard. But as we walk in the Spirit, it's a fruit of the Spirit. So as we stay connected and we get our roots really deep in the Spirit of God, what grows out of us is self-control. It's, it's patience. It's goodness. It's gentleness. No longer do we have to worry about, well, can I have a drink of alcohol? Is that, is that a sin? Do you have self-control? What's the Lord telling you? Also, this, this another point. I ain't preaching on this, but I, I don't care if it's alcohol or Oreos. We'll go back to that because it's an easy illustration. The Lord also says, don't tempt your brother and cause him to stumble. So what may be beneficial or, or, or okay for you may not be for somebody else. James says that sin is doing what you know you should do and don't do it. We're called to walk in freedom, not to manage sin, but to manage freedom. And managing freedom doesn't look like, well, did I sin today? I need to go check this off and sacrifice a lamb real quick, you know. And now we're walking in freedom that says, you know what? I'm no longer identified by the chains of yesterday, by the sins of the past. I'm identified by saying yes to Jesus. I have a transformed life, and I'm walking in the Spirit, and I have new fruit. And so as I mess up, the Lord's going to help me. He's going to correct me. And it may be through somebody else. He may send a brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, knucklehead, what are you doing? Yeah. Speaking from experience, whoever it was. <laughs> Here's what I know, church. Every single one of you in this room, you're called to live in freedom, the freedom of Christ. Not to be tangled up in things that aren't eternal, that don't really matter. Not to put something on a pedestal that doesn't belong there. Anytime we put anything in the place of God in our life, we're now in idol worship. We need to stay away from those things. And we need to understand, too, that every relationship that we have, it's a benefit and a blessing, but it doesn't replace Jesus Christ and the intimacy we should have with him. So if you're in a place right now where you're saying, I am struggling with dissension and outbursts of anger and jealousy and envy and all these different things you talked about, lack of self-control when I get around certain people and do certain things, Listen, I believe that you're not too far gone. The Lord can't say, hey, grab my hand. I'm going to pull you up. I'm going to pull you up. We're not too far gone. And here's what I also know is that we said this a long time ago, but 
Saved people, save people. The Lord established the church to be part of the solution to help bring others into the kingdom of God. Hey, open your eyes and your ears and your heart to see people around you that need you to be that hand of Jesus to help lift them up out of that place they're at and bring them to Jesus. You can't save them, you can't transform them, but you can get them to a place where they can hear from God. Open your eyes, open your ears, and know that you are free today, church. You are free because of Jesus. We don't need a statue, which is, if you notice, I don't put crosses up on here in the sanctuary. And really, we should kind of put tomb, empty tombs up if we want to really put something up. But I don't do that because I know that there's too many times that we can idolize a cross, execution device, or a communion table. We, we can't do anything with it. That's the communion table. It's just a table, y'all. It's just a table. Ain't nothing special about it. It's just wood and, and varnish and whatever else, stain, paint, whatever. It's just a table. It's just two pieces of wood we put together to have for an Easter illustration. It's not something that we should worship the cross. We worship Jesus Christ. He's not on the cross anymore. And he's not in the tomb either. We've got freedom in Jesus. And I want you to walk away this morning with knowing this. You are called to be free. You are free in Jesus. And I want you walking and living in the power of his spirit. Let's stand this morning. I'm going to pray over you. Thank you for being here. Go back home and read Galatians 5. Highlight, underline, let the Holy Spirit talk to you about what it is in areas of your life that you need to see some improvement, some change. And let him talk to you about what freedom really looks like for you as you walk and pursue him. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. And, and Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, God, that you have sent him here to be our Lord and our Savior and our friend. And God, I just thank you so much that in him we find freedom in life. We don't have to do anything else but just say yes to him and pursue him. And all the things that we're struggling in, Lord, I pray that you continue to show us those things, reveal those things, and help us to have the courage we need to step into a place where we're following you with everything that we have, God. That we won't get distracted by things that don't matter. Lord God, we won't. I, I declare we are not going to be people who put anything above you, Lord. That we are pursuing you with all that we have, Lord. For the ones who don't know you as, as Lord and Savior, I pray right now they make that decision to say yes to you, to say yes to Jesus and give their lives to him. God, be with us as we leave here today. Challenge us to, to show uh, or, or how we can show that expression of love that comes from you to others around us, in our homes, in our workplaces, and in the marketplace, Father. We love you so much. I thank you for Jesus again. I pray this in his name. And everybody said. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you.